I have to be okay with having that conversation, but not shutting it down completely. Like, you know, now is not a good time, but can you revisit this next quarter? And doing that has made me feel so much at ease knowing that I'm just like, oh no, it's lost. I think we sometimes think saying no means that it's gonna slow us down, but saying yes or saying no can actually open up possibilities for your future yeses. Hi, I'm Sanira, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a nine-figure business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit a million in revenue. And I'm on a mission to change that because we should all feel empowered enough to run our lives like we're the CEO. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way. Now I'm sharing it all with you so that you can join us as we discuss the mindset, money, and marketing secrets of the women who have bet big on unconventional paths to their version of success. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hi everyone, I'm Snara Madani and welcome to CEO School. Today's guest is known as the wellness guru of tech and the burnout whisperer. Ariel Belgrave is the CEO at Gym Hookie where she helps ambitious women chase their dreams for a healthy body. In addition to this, Ariel is a health and fitness coach, stress management expert, and corporate wellness trainer. Before becoming a full-time wellness entrepreneur, Ariel spent over a decade as a corporate HR leader for Fortune 100 companies like JP Morgan and Facebook. Now, she fuses her HR knowledge with her health expertise to create engaging wellness programs, trainings, and experiences for her clients. Ariel has been featured on the Today Show, NBC, Women's Health, L Glamour, and so much more. And we're so thrilled today to welcome Ariel to the show. Welcome. Hey, I'm so excited for this chat. <laughs> I, I am so pumped for so many different reasons. So I kind of gave a, the V introduction, but it doesn't do your introduction justice. So I've known Ariel for the last several years. We've been Instagram friends for so long. I've taken Ariel's programs, actually this living room. I know this living room video, the workout videos, and me and Mila would do your workout videos. And so I just love your story. I cannot wait for the audience to hear this for so many reasons. Also, you were part of our 2.0 program. That was so incredible spending all this meaningful time with you. But something that's so beautiful about Ariel is the fact that she had the, like, the most incredible career at Facebook and is on a trajectory and then pandemic happened and she decided to, you know, go for her passions during the most craziest time. And so I cannot wait to just hear this story. So Ariel, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. It's going down today. It is going down. It is going down. So tell me, so take us back. Yeah. I think just understanding my story of how the inception of my, my brand came to be before I even took the leap from corporate. So I like to say it, I'm a storyteller. So I like to say there's the launch, the growth, and then the leap by telling that way, you'll be able to understand my story more, but longer story short, I was actually an athlete in college. I played rugby and that transition from being in college, being active to the corporate world, I actually worked in finance, investment, banking was tough. It's tough. It's, it's the tends to be the story for a lot of athletes. So I was working 80 plus hour weeks. You know, it is when you're just getting started as a youngin. you know, you want to 
you got to build rapport, you got to prove yourself. So I was working really intense hours in, in investment banking. And what I found is I started to lose myself for the, the Ari that I was accustomed to, the active Ari, the looking good from the inside out and feeling good Ari. I had gained weight. I lost confidence, was eating late nights, and it wasn't good. So I realized that although I had a gym membership, I was never using it. So that's the other reality of it. It's like, I was just tired. I didn't have energy. So I'm like, okay, Ari, you realistically aren't using this gym membership. So I want you to find a different way. So I actually started my own home gym where it was basic dumbbells, yoga mat, the basics and committed to doing 15 to 20 minutes. And during that time, and I actually worked with a lot of women during that time and they saw the transition. They saw, I look better, feel better. And they were like, wow, Ari, I'm trying to go to the gym with you. Can I get your routine? And I told them, I was like, actually, I, I don't go to the gym. I'm just working out about 20, 30 minutes a day, what I have time for before I get into work. And this is the result of that healthy eating. And they all wanted to know what my routine was. So because I didn't have time in the first place, I actually started a toddler. And the Tumblr was where I started to just be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. You guys can go here. And I ended up creating a positive movement around skipping the gym. So my brand name is Jim Hookie. I'm known as on IG as Jim Hookie. And hopefully it is what it sounds like, skipping the gym. And I create a positive movement around it. And I like to say it was this transition from a pain to a purpose. Because what I thought was just my problem ended up being a case for a lot of women, especially when you're in any part of your career. So I ended up creating Jim Hookie, which was just a wellness brand. I would share this information. January 2015, I launched Instagram. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me try this other medium. <laughs> it's so crazy to say that now because so much time has passed. And I but started- it's so new, right? Like even though it feels like it's been around for so long, I want to come back to this point on, on the different mediums that you talked about because yeah. I think there's still so much opportunity and people are like, oh, it's been around for a while. Still so much opportunity. So much opportunity. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just know that I wanted to put things out there. I wasn't certified in health coaching, any of that. And the moment I started to grow a community where people are like, oh, I, I like, I really like asking me for advice. I'm like, okay, are you got to get a look, you got to get legitimate here. So I got certified as health coach, trainer, you name it, and ended up building my brand from there. So while working full time, I was building Jim Hookie. And I did that for five years and ended up taking that leap in March, 2020. Now it just so happens. And I mean, I, we can go deeper into like what happened there because okay. I, let's go deeper. I know the deepness and I want to okay. go. <laughs> so for me, uh, Sanir had mentioned, I was a HR leader. I really love my work. So specifically my job at tech companies or banking was to build amazing experiences for employees. So I had, I was so filled by doing that type of work. Working on Jim Hookie at the same time was really dope too, because that was also filling the need. It helped me step away from my work because I can work a lot and, and be able to impact women's lives in a different way. And what I ended up finding after five years in the game of doing the, the side hustle, the full-time job was I was in a fork in the road. I got so many opportunities that I worked so hard for, some of which I had to say no to. There were amazing opportunities. I was like, well, I have this really big project, a presentation coming up, or I can't go do this shoot. 
So what's also worth mentioning is I be also became a sponsored Under Armour athlete and fitness model. So I'm literally on billboards and flying to LA for shoots and all that while being this HR person. It, it was great. You should have seen me multitasking on set. I mean, I'm going I'm to pause you for a second here. So I could like Ari's literally at Facebook HR running corporate training programs, creating joy at one of the largest tech companies full time, which is it's a lot of work. I run a tech company. It's over achievement on a different level working in tech. So you can't slack off. Like you do not have the flexibility to slack off. You are crushing it as this HR expert. Then you've got Jim Hokey that's taking off on Instagram. Then you have all these opportunities. And then you are the black woman representation of Under Armour all over every billboard. And you're trying to juggle like not only being an influencer, being a model, right? Having an athletics program. And then on top of that, your full-time tech job. Get out of here. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I will say though. So when I actually first started, I was someone who I didn't want to mix up the different lives that I had. So even when I started at Facebook, which is hands down the best place I've ever worked for. And going into that space, I was like, okay, I'm here to do my HR work. Like that is the Ari. And I'll never forget one of my colleagues ended up seeing me on a billboard and asked, what was it like? Um, I feel like I saw you on a billboard. I was like, no, nah, it wasn't me. <laughs> so you like, didn't tell anybody or this like famous. No, I was, well, you know, what, what also happens when you work for, you know, Facebook and Instagram is that uh, you can't really hide that stuff. So between them finding that, and here's what I'll say, what, what I'm glad happened was the call out. I'm like, oh my gosh, Ari, you have this other dope life. Like we want to support you. This is, this is the part we want you to bring your authentic self to the workplace. And that was such a big game changer because it ended up being fused so much in even like the work I did. I was actually known as Jim Hookie and I was known as this walking person who would hold you accountable. Like when I was ever in a micro kitchen. So I'm like, guess what? Worked out this morning. I'm like, yes. So it was like this HR and fitness person working in tech. And it was actually really cool to be able to, to have both of those identities and feel like I can be my full self, especially in a, a larger place, you know. So then what happened, Ari? Then what happened? Okay. So Ari, as she was in this fork in the road and needing to make a decision on what to do next, I was also dealing with burnout. So I think oftentimes people think that like burnout means you don't like your job, you're burnout. Nope, burnout could be you really are fulfilled by what you're doing, but you're tapped out on how much you can do. And for me, I had that realization where I, I was, as you mentioned, was no joke in tech, had a very demanding job. And it wasn't necessarily Jim Hookie that was burning me out. It was all the demands I had for my job. And I didn't have that time to really feel that, fill that gap for the things outside of work. And I ended up going on a trip to Ghana in December, 2019, and had my moments of reality where it's like, something has to change here. I don't know if you know Angie, but I went to her conference actually a month before that. And it was called Pays to be Brave. I knew no one there. It just landed in my inbox. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to San Diego. I'm going to go to this. And I was so inspired by being in that setting. Sunny, as you know, being in a room full of ambitious, driven, just women who are about that, it's really inspiring and it can change the game for you. And it did for me. So being in that room, going by myself, it forced me to meet other people, network, all that. And that was the first time that I felt confident that I, or even having the thought of taking Jim Hookie full-time because I'll admit, I had zero plan of taking Jim Hookie full-time. I'm like, oh, this is going to be my side thing. Like, but when I went to that conference, there are people like, wow, 
this is what my business is looking like. And I don't have the following that you have. I, I haven't made as much progress. Like you can actually make something of this. And that was the first time to 2019, October, where I was like, hmm, maybe I can. No yes, time was wasted. Yes, you can. I love it. I'm going to pause here for a second because yeah. I think that is so important. I think it's about even taking that, that first action, right? Sometimes not everything has to be so calculated. You didn't go to this conference because you were like, here is my exact intention. And it was probably, you know, an expensive ticket and you had to get to San Diego. You're like, you know what? Something just calls me to say, I gotta, I'm going to go for it. And you didn't have this perfectly calculated ROI move or who you were planning on meeting. And I love that. And I think part of, I talk about this like organic entrepreneurship quite often is that not everything has to be so calculated. We need to have these moments of like, this is where I think great businesses or ideas and things come from are in these organic moments. And you just have to just trust your gut or trust your heart and say, I'm going to go do something, even if not everything is fully calculated. And I think sometimes as women, our perfectionist tendencies, our tendencies to just overthink everything, we overthink too much. And we don't allow for spontaneity anymore. We don't allow for this organic chemistry to take place and something beautiful happened. All you had to do was, it wasn't just about the conference, right? It was about being in the room with other women. And then ideas started sparking because you're like, oh, you're doing what? I'm doing what? And then when you see yourself, like when you see other people doing things, it inspires you to do it too. Like there's a natural piece of that. And I'm so glad conferences are back, by the way, because I think that over the last couple of years, it's been awful. And I'm actually really proud to say we're doing our first like big conference this year. So I'm going to do a shameless plug right here. CEO school conference is happening September in Orlando. Dates are literally getting finalized. And we're going to cap it at about 300 women. We're going to have like a VIP day for about 50 to 75. And then we're going to have the full conference for about 300 women, incredible speakers. But the goal is just to drive just that creativity and get ambitious women in the room. So I love that they're back. And I love that that that's how you started. So I just wanted to pause and share that because I love that spontaneity that you did. You hit the nail on the head on not necessarily having a motive. Like I think intention is important, right? I think my intention was to be uncomfortable, be in a space of discomfort. And whatever happened there, I think just opened up more doors of possibility and opportunity. And that's exactly what happened. And for me, I didn't know I needed it until it happened. So fast forward to, and this is actually, you're, you're gonna be involved in this story scenario because fast forward to January, 2020, you know what went down then? What went down? I, icon, uh, oh, icon. yes. Yeah. yeah. So once again, another, another conference, yes. I was a speaker there. You were a speaker. That's a, you were part of the story, girl. So yet another thing that enters my inbox and I'm like, Hmm, this seems really cool and interesting. I think I was definitely in this phase of like, you know, I just need, you know, how do I say this? Sometimes we do have to realize that the people that may be within our network at that point in time may not serve necessarily exactly where we want to go. Not to say that we have to say like, oh, I don't want to be friends with this person. It's more of, I didn't have as many entrepreneurial friends. I was working in the corporate space. So I know that I need to surround myself in a different setting. And I, yet again, I got this message and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Atlanta. I don't know anyone, but I'm there. <laughs> and that's where actually I made a very big decision, which was investing in icon and uh, school, which would have helped me build my program. So there 
there was a lot of mindset work. You were there, different people were there and all the women really inspired Natalie me. Natalie from Boss Babe was there speaking like yes. amazing. And it was an amazing conference. It was an amazing conference. And again, had those conversations where I just had so much more confidence in what I was capable of. And I think that in itself played a big part. And a month later, I made the decision. And this was actually before the pandemic. I'm like, you know what? My plan is to build something. And these are the questions that I had. I think it's really important because I get asked a lot, like, how'd you know this transition? Like, how did you know when it was time? And I did go to therapy after going to that conference. I'm like, you know what? I want to make sure that I'm running to something, not from something. I want to make sure that I'm clear on what my why is, like very clear. And for me, two things always come top of mind, impact and purpose. And while I felt like I could have had that working in the corporate space, I was really being tugged on really focusing on helping women take better care of themselves. Why? Because I was in an environment with women who were killing it, but then struggling with burnout, stress, unwanted weight loss, feeling just this pressure of being a leader and not knowing how to show up for themselves. And I realized at that point in time, I'm like, I want to help elevate women. And I think I can do that by helping her take care of herself so she can like chase her dreams in a body that's really healthy. That's the role I want to play. And that's, those are the type of questions I ask myself. And what would be the case if I weren't to help them? I'm like, man, that would, it would hurt me to see women who I know have so much potential not be able to meet reach their dreams because they're not taking care of themselves. So in February, before the pandemic was even a thing, before, at least in the States, I made the decision to leave Facebook. I gave one month notice. And Sanera, I kid you not on this timing, my very last day at Facebook was the very first day of shelter in place. So decision was already made. Oh and I'm like, God, I can't even Whoa. imagine. I'm like, okay, I had the most anticlimactic last day at Facebook because it's like, oh yeah, we gotta, you gotta, we gotta work from home. But and I prayed. I was like, you know, Lord, show me a sign that this is the right decision. I didn't know the sign was gonna be COVID, but as I mentioned, I built a brand around working out at home. So immediately once shelter in place happened, I was being contacted by corporate companies, different people I built relationships with saying, hey, we want to do workouts uh, at home. Can you do this for this corporate company? Hey, we'd want to do this. And I totally I had not planned for it. So this is the time that I had to really learn to be flexible, like really flexible because I'm someone who is like, okay, here's my structure plan. Let me tell you, all of it out the window. <laughs> I had to rock with what my resources were. I had to make a lot of changes and I would love to go through whatever you want to talk about that, but just some of my big learned lessons. Because yes, was- it's a perfect time to talk about it because at this point and this part, And this is so important because you leave your job and then day one, it's pandemic. You don't know what's going on. March of 2020, probably the scariest time in all of our lives. Like that was one of the scariest moments where we had no idea the world is literally shutting down. And you're like, oh shit, I just left my job, like my paying job to go become an entrepreneur. But what was amazing is that you were online. You had actually invested in creating a digital audience. It wasn't a physical audience. Instead of looking at it, because a lot of people would be like hiding in that you seize the opportunity. You're like, oh, everyone's going to be home. I got to show up. And so, yes, let's get into that. And I'd love to, this part of this podcast, which I love to do is it's not about just learning from women who are at that 2% mark or million dollar businesses, but it's those tactical learning. So Ari, what were some of those lessons that you learned 
in that moment or through your journey, as you scaled over those last three years, three years, to like a multi-million dollar gym hookie brand. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. I, I built a brand for, and I think the, the most important thing for anyone to know when they're, when you're building something is building in a way that you really can connect with your audience and build trust. So I was comfortable being on a tech salary. I wasn't doing that much charging. I was putting a lot of free content. I was showing up many places, doing speaking engagements, but I wasn't charging. I didn't have a business model per se outside of coaching people and just showing up on the gram. What I was forced to do was think far more strategically the moment I made that leap. And let's talk money because that was a big one for me. I had to first work on healing my relationship with money. And that was a big one because having the mindset of abundance, that wasn't it for me. I was fearful of like charging too much. I was fearful of charging period because I was pretty, com I was pretty comfortable where I was at over the past five years. And that transition really helped me knowing that you deserve that. Your time is valuable. Your expertise is even more valuable. You are a unicorn coming in with this, not only corporate, but health expertise. And you can really help women because they relate to you. You know what it's like to be in those environments. And feeling myself and digging deeper as to why I even have these negative thoughts of money. For me, I saw money as this bad thing of power, honestly. I grew up in an environment, I was a first generation college student. I grew up with my parents not having money, family not having much money. So the people I did see with money was almost this neg it was almost a negative association with it. And I had to heal myself from that. And what helped me heal was being around women who were badass and was still making a great impact, had beautiful personalities and all that. And I'm like, money is not that bad, <laughs> including like yourself, Sunny, you know? So I think money was definitely one. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. It's so vulnerable. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think that I'll be honest here. I still struggle with my money journey, although I have so much success. I think it's when you come from, I was also like, you know, first generation immigrant family. We didn't grow up with much. And I've always been very abundant in my mindset. Cause we've always been that way as a family, like doesn't matter the like, everyone's over for dinner, whatever, like abundance was there. But even I, I feel that way charging for my expertise. Like I always discount myself because I'm like, oh, I'm doing it anyway, or I want to make an impact. And so I always have that battle and it's a lot of inner work that you have to get through. How did you actually do that inner work? I mean, I have a therapist and I have a business coach and like, those are the ways that I, and I have to just surround myself with women as well. Like that's kind of like seeing it. That's part of my journey. What was yours? Yeah. So I would say similar. So um, definitely therapy. One of my favorite books is You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And that really helped put things into perspective for me, but then also do like mindset, having a mindset coach. So when I did icon school, we also had a mindset coach and that really helped me dig deeper into the past. Cause it's not just necessarily where you are now. Oftentimes we have to go back. We have to go back to childhood. We have to take it back. What were those moments? What was something that may have been said that made you believe that money is bad or you shouldn't charge people that much, or in order to make impact, you don't charge people at all, you know? And that I had to make that shift there. And that's something that's really helped. And also, again, being around women who were like-minded, who were also passionate about serving, but also building wealth because, hey. Nothing bad happens when women make more money. That part, that part. <laughs> so that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I'll, we'll link the book in the show notes as well. Awesome. So that was one. I would say the other was managing 
my time. And I, I, there's a bit of a shift here. So for me, I am someone, I am, hello, raise your hand if you are uh, not only perfectionist, but doing everything for any one kind of girl. Hard to say no. Yeah. All of us, all right. of us, we're all raising our hands. Yeah. So I, I like to say I'm a recovering people pleaser, but what has really helped me was being far more intentional about my time. So rather than using time management as a, a metric, I actually use energy management. There's a shift for me because when we look at our calendars and someone say like, all right, do you, you know, can I meet with you for 30 minutes? I can look at my calendar and that could be 30 minutes there, but do I have the energy for that call? So now for me, there's always an assessment of what do I have energy for as opposed to what I have time for. And that has shifted for me because what's happening as a result of that is I'm setting boundaries. I'm saying no to the things that may not align with my goals, may not give me energy at a point in time. And I'm also challenging myself to say yes to the things that can give me that energy. So I like to say energy is currency. You earn it, you save it, and you spend it wisely. And those three things are super important when it comes to being able to show up as an entrepreneur or corporate professional. So this okay. matters. And the attention that you're, you're, you're giving to people in your day-to-day, -day, the things, right? Your energy goes where your attention flows. So you got to make sure that you're able to show up in more ways than one. So that was it. So now on boundary setting, I think that flows right into like, what, what does boundary setting look like? So I know for me, I'm like, okay, I'm practicing this energy. I'm really assessing it. Now, what boundaries do I need to set? What do I need to say no to in order to be able to say yes to myself and my business? Because the reality is I can't dabble in everything and that's okay. So setting goals at the top of the year and being super intentional about what those goals are has helped me hands down. I think as someone who's always wanted to say yes, or I don't want to miss a moment or opportunity, we just can be more strategic in how we do that, right? So if I have goals for this, this quarter, for example, where I'm like, you know, I'm going to lean into corporate work. I'm going to be doing burnout workshops. That's how I want to show up and build my network on the corporate side of things. If I get an opportunity that I don't think aligns with that, I have to be okay with having that conversation, but not shutting it down completely. Like, you know, now is not a good time, but can you revisit this next quarter? And doing that has made me feel so much at ease knowing that I'm just like, oh no, it's lost. I think we sometimes think saying no means that it's going to slow us down, but saying yes or saying no can actually open up possibilities for your future yeses. And I do find that saying no has helped me be able to open up even bigger doors than that moment could have been because it may not have aligned at that time, you know? What a beautiful lesson. All these three lessons are just gold and very hard to actually, I think these are things that you know, but are so hard for you to actually put it into practice because it goes against like everything you're wired for in your DNA as a woman, like literally it goes against everything. And it's so hard. And I think when you talk about boundary setting and saying, no, it's one of the toughest, I mean, I'm still working on it and I've gotten much better at it. Any kind of tips besides just saying no others, other, you know, I, I know you're really good at setting boundaries. Would love to kind of see your, any of your tips that you have for whether you're in corporate America or whether you're an entrepreneur, I think setting boundaries is so important. So what comes top of mind for me on the business side of things, and I think this is actually possible for corporate as well, really depending on what your line of work is. But for me, I set aside time for deep work. So I don't schedule anything on, my, this is the exception, I'll say this, <laughs> usually schedule anything on Mondays and Fridays, because that's my opportunity at the start of the week to say, okay, what is going on this week? How do I need to show up for my team? What meetings do I need to have? Do I have any presentations? And give myself a day to really think through those things, write my to-do list, and then plan for the week ahead. I love to have Fridays be more lax 
because that way there may have been things that I didn't get to. Because, you know, when you have meetings, there's always something that comes from this meeting. There's always something that's on your to-do list that's added. And the Friday will give me the opportunity to be able to focus on doing those things. Because oftentimes we're working really, really late nights because we don't think that we'll have time the next day. But knowing that I have a day at the end of the week has really helped me be able to plan ahead for it. So like that's a boundary in itself because I'm setting boundaries with my team. I'm setting boundaries with my clients and anyone who needs my time. That's one. I think the other is possibly having an out of office. We're in this world of everything is urgent, right? When you get an email, it's urgent. Everything is urgent. So having an out of office or auto reply that lets people know that you will be able to respond to them like within 24 hours or something like that has helped. I think it's a bit different in the corporate environment where there's, you know, people can ping you and what have you, which you can still set, try to set boundaries in those ways. And I think what I've seen most is work from home. I know many of us are working from home and there, there's been this really blurry line of what boundaries can look like because your bed and your work computer is literally like across the room. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be working all day and it's easy to, but the boundary that you can set is letting your team know that, hey, I'm on this time of the day. This is when I'm off. And the reality is sometimes you, you may be okay with working later hours, but maybe between five and seven, you want to make sure it's family time. You want to make sure you're having dinner with your kids, spending time with your spouse, and you can set aside that window. That way it's planned for. That's a boundary. That's a boundary. And let me tell you, if you don't respect your boundaries, no one else would. So it starts with you. Amen to that. If you don't respect your boundaries, no one else will. It's so true. And even these small, tiny little habits really go a long way. Even if right now you're like, there's no way that my schedule can allow no Mondays and no Fridays, right? Like currently right now, there isn't a possibility for that. However, maybe it's just for a couple hours. Maybe it's Fridays noon to four, right? It's, I think sometimes we're in this mindset of all or nothing. Everything has to be black and white. And we watch these like entrepreneurs, we watch all these morning routines and what everybody else. I'm like, just pick one damn thing. Like you don't have to sit here and do like your meditation and your green matcha and your things and your workout and your breathing exercises and your journaling, like just pick the one thing. So anyone listening out here who are like, Ari, I can't do no meeting Mondays. Amen to that, but I just can't do it. Start somewhere. Maybe just say, you know what? I'm going to have lunch to myself 12 to one in my corporate calendar or in my, in my whatever or time blocking. So just take away that it can be a little bit. It doesn't have to be all of it. That's right. And I love that you mentioned, I am so for, if there's anything, when I think of the woman that I work with, I would say 95% of the chance I'm snatching them out of the all or nothing mindset. And this, this relates to your healthy habits. This relates to your work, everything. So knowing that something is always better than nothing. I love that you brought up the morning routine because I actually have my own gripe with it. I know that there's so much online where it's like, I do this 10 things in the morning. That's a lot. I'm sorry. Like, keep it simple. Like do what works for you and what energizes you. you let me say the this. morning tonic. That's a habit that's right? stuck me after yes. your program. Yes. But I'll say this, your morning routine should not stress you out. It should uplift you, it should energize you and get you ready for the day ahead. If you feel like checking off all these boxes is stressing you the fuck out, mm -mm. it's time to take it down a couple of notches. Maybe there's two things that you need to do that can really get you ready for the day ahead and be okay with that. I love it. These are such amazing tips. So, and I can't wait to talk about your program here shortly, yeah. but before we do, I want to play a little fun game of rapid fire, which I didn't tell you about, but 
So the audience can get to know you a little bit better. I'm going to ask you a few quick questions before we, before we move on. And so are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Hot or iced? Hot. You really thought about that one. Yeah, I had to think about it. <laughs> I think I like both. <laughs> uh, favorite pizza topping? Oh, pineapples and ham. Really? Okay. Oh, I'm okay. Lion pizza kind of girl. Okay. Journal or meditate? Journal. Dog or cat? Dog. High tech or low tech? High tech. Work hard or play hard? Ooh, Sonera. I'm you right down the middle. Okay, I'm say go. Work hard, play hard. That's my anthem. Awesome. Red or white wine? White. Really? Okay. Favorite book, an author, or a podcast? Mm, the Influencer by Brittany Hennessy. Okay. Any female inspiration from history or current that you just really look up to? Man, I'm going to have to take, I'm going I'm to have to give my, my girl, Michelle Obama. the seat Yeah, I love that. And then yeah. do you have a word of the year this year or an affirmation? My word of the year is the, in, or my theme is the intent of joy. So I want to be really intentional about the things that I do that bring me joy and be intentional about scaling back on the things that may not or shedding the things it. that don't bring me joy. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Ari, this was so wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about your fitness program and how we can find you and how we can do it? Ladies, by the way, this is not sponsored, 100% organic. I have taken Ari's program before. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Left with some really meaningful like lessons in like fitness. I enjoy the workouts. My daughter would do them with me in my living room. My morning tonic still, it's like a different version of it now, but every morning I still have lemon water of some sort. So really amazing, simple, beautiful, healthy, real, real is what I'm going to say fitness program. That was awesome. So could you tell our audience a little bit about it so that we can find you, we can follow you, we can support Jim Hookie. Yes. I love that. Thank you. I'm proud of you of the progress that you made on your own wellness journey. So my wellness program is my signature program called lean. So it's an acronym. The L stands for lifestyle, where there's a huge focus on just making sure you're real with where you are in your life and assessing before you even make a plan to do a routine. The E is for exercise. The A is attitude, mindset, and the N is nutrition. So with this program, it's a 28 day program and it helps you build healthy habits, a healthy eating routine, healthy workout routine in a way that's sustainable. Team, I'm a very anti-diet. I am trying to take you out of that all or nothing mindset and remind you that everything that you do on your wellness journey matters. It's all about improvement and progress, not perfection. So I've created a step-by-step -step plan for a woman to be able to follow and yeah, that is pretty much what the program does at a very high level. I love it. Is it always going or like, how do we, how do we sign up for it? Would love if you want to give us CO school listeners a code we can like throw in there. So we'll throw it into the show notes as well. Yeah. So right now there's a mix of doing group coaching and one-on-one -on -one. at this time, I'm leaning more into one-on-one. -on -one. So if you're someone who really needs that accountability and wants a, a customized plan, you can contact me. It's www.jimhookie.com or on IG at Jim Hookie. And we can talk about it. If, and let me know that if you listen to this, I'll make sure that you're taken care of. I love that. I didn't know you were doing one-on-one -on -one clients now. Look at that girl. I, I realized with the corporate woman, the caliber of the women that, that come my way, there's another layer of accountability that's needed and they really want the one-on-one. -on -one. So 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love when you say woman, by the way, I like, I love like every time it comes, I'm like woman. Yeah. We're all women. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. Thank you so much for being here today at CEO school. This was one of my favorite episodes, by the way, I just had an absolute blast watching your success from afar has just been one of the greatest joys of just being a business coach or just watching this happen. You're magical. Everyone, you have to follow Ari and we're just so excited that you were here to share your story. Until next week, ladies at CEO School. Hey there, if you enjoy this week's episode themes and want to go deeper into concepts on mindset, money, and marketing, download our freebie with the five secrets that helped me scale multiple companies to seven figures and beyond. These are the exact skills that will help you get you to your next level. Find it on CEO School's bio on Instagram at CEO School. If you love today's episode, leave us a review. This is how we grow and reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. Tell us what you loved about the episode and you'll be entered to win one ticket to our Women in Business Conference this September in Orlando. I can't wait to see you.